Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Looking for Stahl. Instead, he'll go to the wing for Natchez. Natchez walks down low. Now gets it back to Hamilton. To Sveshnikov in the slot. His shot's deflected. And he scores! Marty Natchez jumps on the loose puck. Buries it. And Carolina on the power play. Goes up 3-2. to two. Hamilton walks the blue line. Back over to Natchez. Natchez walks to the dead. He scores! Marty Natchez! Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Wow, that was a lot of fun. Third straight happy recap as the Hurricanes beat the Lightning in regulation by the score of 4-3. to uh, Fifth straight game in which Carolina has gotten at least a point. They've won three in a row. They have, I guess, let's do the math here, eight points in their last five games. And they drew within a point of Tampa for the Central Division lead. And Carolina has a game in hand. They will play twice in Chicago This week, both games will be nationally televised. Go figure. And by the way, for those of you scoring at home, we'll get John Forslund on April Fool's Day. Uh, He's got the April Fool's game, although I think that might not be a... And exclusive, so we might not be able to actually get the Forsland uh, broadcast for those people who are uh, really interested in hearing John do a Hurricanes game. I might be one of them. All right, we got a lot of things to get to uh, in a very, very, just a fun, well-played hockey game. And uh, I'm not sure you're going to see Carolina play too much better than they played tonight in a 4-3 win. Uh, It is brought to you, of course, as always, by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. For the exterior of your home, there is no place like the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Siding, roofing, gutter helmets, Anything you want for the exterior of your home, they've got it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can go online for a free no-obligation estimate, uh, aluminumcompany.com. Sammy Hanna and his crew do an amazing job. You know, like when it's cold outside and you eat something hearty, it's like, like if, are you a shepherd's pie person? Anybody out there, you a shepherd's pie guy, girl, I don't care. I love shepherd's pie. I'm hungry right now just thinking about it. That is stick to your ribs good. That was tonight's game. Tonight's game, shepherd's pie. It was that good. It was good for you. It stays with you. And uh, the Hurricanes were just, look, I didn't even think they were bad in the first period. I thought they played a pretty good first period. They were just trailing 2 nothing. Uh, a couple of things got in their way at the beginning. Uh, lose a battle. And uh, Blake Coleman uh, wins a race to the net. He redirects a Jan Ruta shot. 
Uh, then James Reimer thinks he's got the puck covered. He doesn't. Uh, half the team stops anyway, and Patrick Maroon uh, scores a goal, and it's 2 nothing. five minutes in. You go, wow, what happened there? This is not the way this was supposed to start. Uh, but Carolina played. They just kept playing. Uh, they had a chance to make it uh, 2-1. They actually could have scored two goals in the first period. Um, James Reimer came up with some very big saves when it was already 2 nothing. Uh, I stopped Steven Stamkos on the uh, on a power play. Uh, I stopped uh, Yanni Gord in tight with a really good save. I actually think that might have been Reimer's best save of the night uh, in the first period on uh, on Yanni Gord. He made probably three or four really good saves in the first after it was 2 nothing. It could have gotten away. <clears throat> Truth is, Carolina played well in the first period. Just, they were trailing 2 nothing, So you got to figure out a way to get one. Well, they got one, and they got two, and then three. Second period, you're just not going to play a better second period than Carolina played uh, against the the Lightning. This game, uh, without the goals, was reminiscent of the way Carolina played the first time they played Tampa uh, and the second time they played Tampa. They were faster than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Look, the, the Lightning were missing two NHL defensemen, two of their top four defensemen. They were missing uh, Eric Chernak. They were missing Ryan McDonough. That matters. No question about it. But as we are now growing all too accustomed, Carolina was missing Tavo Teravainen again. He has missed, I think, 16 of the last 17 games. Vincent Trocek just missed his eighth straight game. Uh, So Carolina has been playing with what is essentially a one-line team. It's a good thing. Martin Natchez is on that line. Uh-huh. All right, what do you say? Uh, Natchez now has 17 points in his last 13 games. Seven goals, 10 assists. He's a plus 10 uh, in that span. Uh, two goals, two assists tonight. That's right, he hit the score sheet on all four goals for the Hurricanes tonight. Scored the go-ahead goal twice. Uh, he has now been over 20 minutes of ice time in four of his last five games. He played 23-13 tonight. Uh, he led forwards in shorthanded ice time tonight, 329 of ice time. It is unbelievable how well this guy is playing. And first, we need to allow that it may simply be, man, he's just on a hot streak right now. That would be fine. Uh, maybe Martin Natchez isn't uh, one of the 10 best players in the NHL. He certainly looks like it this month, right? Uh, but he is simply playing an electric brand of hockey, and I think the best part about it is that it's not, he's not on an offensive role. He's on a playing the full game role right now. And this is something we've kind of seen coming. Even before the points started to come, you knew, you could tell that Natchez was playing the total game. And it was those types of things. He is such an example. Talk about a guy who two years ago, Made the team. He was third-line center. And I remember it was after a game against the Lightning where he scored his first NHL goal, and they sent him down. They sent him to the minor leagues. And I remember talking to Rod Brindamore after they made that decision. I guess it was I have um, back when we were allowed to be in the building, and we'll talk about the building in a minute, 4,433, every sick, every ticket available was sold tonight. Um, I, I had used to have, after each game, I would have converse, just casual conversations with Rod about different things, stuff outside of the um, 
press conferences. Then I asked him about Natchez, and he goes, I just couldn't play. I, I couldn't put him out there against other NHL centers. And there were too many games, he said, especially on the road when he can't dictate a matchup. And I just couldn't do it. I, we, we, were, we were hurting ourselves because uh, he wasn't ready to play center. So he had to learn. He had to learn how to play the wing. And uh, he went to the minor leagues and learned how to play the wing. Now, I don't know if Martin Natchez is ever going to be a center. I think the plan is for him to move inside, maybe not next year, but the year after. But holy cow, if he never plays center, what an incredibly good end-to-end hockey player Martin Natchez has become. And again, he had to learn how to do it. And that was a tough year because Natchez is good enough, talented enough to be in the NHL, and the Hurricanes needed scoring, and he could provide that scoring, but he had to learn how to play the wing. Boy, did he ever. Uh, incredible stuff. And the chemistry right now between he and Sebastian Ajo is absolutely amazing uh, to the point where I have this vision. I'm not saying it was a dream because I don't believe it was a dream, but I have a vision that... Um, Natchez and Ajo have like carved their number, like in their numbers, like 88 plus 20 into a tree with a heart around it. Because I think that's really what it is. They're incredible chemistry. Those guys are working great together. Um, and when Tara Vinen and Trocek come back, uh, and you know, you're hoping that they come back at the level that they were at before. But when they come back, it's just... Team has a team has another level to get to. I believe they have another level to get to, and I still think they need some uh, deadline reinforcements. Uh, and I I understand that we could get euphoric about what they're doing right now without Trocheck and Teravine and think, man, when they get these guys back, they're going to be even better. Yeah, theoretically, yes, but even with Trocheck and Teravine, they are. They might not be a forward short. I still think they could add a forward. Uh, but I still think that they are at least one, probably two defensemen short. You have to have some insurance, uh, NHL caliber players that you can go to. And I think they need at least one, maybe two, preferably from the right side because they have plenty of lefties, plenty of lefties. Uh, but they have to be able to go down to... Uh, you know, I think put a, a sixth defenseman on the ice who can play from the right side. Because theoretically, I mean, or I mean, ideally you have Jake Bean playing the left side, playing his natural side. Although Bean has done a very good job playing his offside, so I'm not even going to complain about that. When the Hurricanes made the playoffs for the first time in a decade, uh, they did so with a second pairing of Justin Falk and Brett Pesci. And Pesci played the second half of the year and all the playoffs on his offside. And I argued that Pesci was better on his offside than he was on his natural side. Um, And I don't know if Pesci would agree with that or not. Maybe one day I'll ask him. Uh, But I did talk to him about it at the time, and he he just enjoyed it. He loved playing with with Falk, too. Uh, But they were the reason, that defensive pairing was the reason they beat Washington. They were monsters in that playoff, and they were great all playoffs long. Uh, We got a lot of things to talk about today. James Reimer started no fault on the first goal. 
He obviously has to have the second one. He has to cover that puck. He didn't. Uh, and then I think everybody thought he had it covered, and that's why half the team relaxed, uh, including James. James thought he had the puck covered, so he didn't really make a move to uh, to go locate it. He thought he had it. Um, and then I actually think he was caught flat-footed on the third goal. Uh, if, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I actually fault him more for the third goal than I do the second goal because I just think he, he was too deep in his net. Uh, and he sort of let Matthew Joseph do what he wanted. Uh, and he just I guess he was just trying to make a positional save, uh, but there was nothing attacking about James Reimer there. Um, a couple of other quick things before we do the recap, and we'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. Uh, Sebastian Ajo continues to be outrageously good. And again, we talked about Natchez and what he's doing, playing the full, you know, full 200 feet. Uh, that's what Sebastian Ajo is doing. I mean, he's just... Uh, Everywhere. He's just good in every zone. Uh, he was physical tonight. He was uh, persistent on pucks. He was hard to play against. Sebastian Ajo was hard to play against. Normally, you would say that about Ajo because, oh, man, he's just dazzling offensively. Nah, he was a defensive pest tonight. He was he was in the way a lot. He also threw his body around a little bit. Look, I don't even know if they gave him uh, credit for a hit, but he checked Victor Hedman behind the boards, and I think Hedman, uh, who has like six inches or seven inches on him, uh, I think Hedman looked down like, what are you doing? Uh, did they give him a quip? Yeah, Sebastian Ajo got credit for two hits tonight. I'm assuming that was one of them. Uh, but I thought he was good. Brett Pesci played another great game. He was one of my three stars. I understand that you're all I guess, expecting Brett Pesci to be one of my three stars, uh, but he was one of my stars tonight. Uh, just for the record, in case you didn't see it, I tweet out stars after every game. Follow me, by the way, on Twitter, at Um And my three stars were Brett Pesci, Sebastian Ajo, and Martin Natchez. Uh, Natchez didn't get my first star because he had four points. Uh, he got my first star because he was the best player. Uh, I could have given... Uh, two gold medals, because that's, that's the way I do it. Uh, we do gold, silver, bronze. Sebastian Ajo was the second star. I don't play games. I don't do a 1A and a 1B. Um, but Ajo was great. I mean, legitimately great all night long. Uh, and I do think, a couple of other quick things, I do think we saw uh, the Andre Svechnikov that we need to see. I think Svech was really good. Uh, pretty much all night. I don't think uh, he he's going to get his goals. I really thought he would get one of the power play goals late. Uh, but Svech is, he's coming. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back, and I think when Svechnikov does come back, it's going to come back with a vengeance, and then you'll have uh, Svech and Aho and Natchez, and who knows by that time, maybe you'll have Trocek back and Teravainen will come back. And uh, Again, I've said it, I just said it a few minutes ago. There's another level for this team to get to. There really is. Uh, because tonight was the type of game you needed to play. It was a hard game, and Carolina played really well. Physical game, a little bit of a nasty game in the second period, as Carolina really, I think, uh, frustrated Tampa uh, and got them off their game a little bit. Carolina outshoots Tampa 40-22 to in the game. It was... Tremendous. All right, let's get to the recap, and uh, then we'll take a break, and we'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. Uh, it was a suboptimal start for the Hurricanes. Uh, you lose a battle in the corner, then you lose a race to the front of the net, and it's one nothing before you can settle in. Coleman gets a stick to it and puts it back to Ruta. Ruta's shot, though, is deflected by Jesper Foss. That goes wide of the target and into the corner. Now Coleman... 
battles Martin Hook, and then he takes a shove from Hayden Flurry. He's a puck into the point deflected, and they score! Blake Coleman stepped out of the corner and redirects the point shot in Tampa Bay. Takes a 1-0 lead at 16-48 here in the first. It was Coleman's seventh goal of the season, his third this year against Carolina. So we've played six against Tampa. Coleman has 43% of his goals against the Hurricanes. Uh, about two and a half minutes later, James Reimer thought he had the puck covered. He wasn't alone. Hayden Fleury didn't have a stick, but he was just kind of meandering behind the net where he could have been doing something. But again, he thought James Reimer had the puck covered. He didn't. Puck bounces high into the air that was intended for Maroon. Now a loose puck side of the net. Still free for Reimer. And it's back to home. Pat Maroon picks up the loose change and scores. And has jumped out two nothing early here in Raleigh. One in five forty one in. It's two nothing Tampa, and the you're thinking, man, this was not the start you wanted. Uh, this is not going well. You're it's a huge game. You're trying to make a little bit of a statement to Tampa after they had taken the last three from you in that four game series, and you start like this. Yeah, not good. By the way, Patrick Maroon has now scored against every team in the NHL. But Carolina started playing much better, even in that first period. And after one, it was 2-0 uh, Tampa. But Carolina had plenty of opportunities to score, plenty of chances to score. Uh, the first goal, which was a pass from the point, or a shot from the point, either way, I think it was a pass by Jan Ruda, and Blake Coleman just skated in front and deflected it over Reimer. Carolina had that same play right after a Dougie Hamilton penalty expired. He came out of the box, and he found Warren Fogle right in front. And Fogle, same exact play, but he chips it high. Carolina had two or three chances like that where they could have easily scored and didn't. Uh, and I think, even though they probably were upset they were down 2 nothing, I think the way they played the rest of the first period mattered. And it started really, really well in the second, they needed something good to happen. A delayed penalty to Tampa ongoing, and Martin Natchez found the former Tampa Bay Lightning. Natchez throws one out in front. Shot put right on by Buck, and it's Cedric Paquette, two goals in two games, and he stings his old team on a great setup by Marty Natchez. Colossal goal. It was. It was a big goal. Uh, it got Carolina, I think it validated the effort from the uh, the last, say, 14 minutes of the first period. Uh, they got off to a very good start in the second. Uh, that puck just trickled across the goal line at first glance. I actually didn't think it had crossed. I thought they were going to need a favorable video review. Uh, I was, in a way, thankful that they ruled it a goal on the ice. Uh, but the goal line view, not overhead, the goal line view clearly showed that the puck crossed the line. So 2-1, and then it didn't take long to tie it up. It was a minute later. Neutral zone steal by Nino Niederreiter leads to a beauty. A long stretch pass there by Gordon. It's intercepted, and here comes Natchez. Three on one for the Kings. Niederreiter lays it up, and they score! Sebastian Ajo! Tick, tack, tied in Raleigh! Very good. I, I applaud Mike uh, Mike Maniscalco for Tic Tac Tide. Uh, Nino Niederreiter made the play in the neutral zone. He stripped the puck, uh, got started on the three-on-one. Here's the thing. I didn't know what Tampa was doing. 
I mean, that was the slowest, longest three-on-one I have ever seen. I'm like, where is Tampa? Where did they go? Did Tampa leave? Were they just, were they watching this on a video monitor somewhere? Uh, Because Nino even had the puck for a long time right in front of Vasilevsky before dishing it to Ajo, who went up high. Uh, And it's 2-2. That that did not take a long time. Carolina was kept pushing, too. They had opportunities to make it 3-2. They had, I mean, heck, it could have been 4-2. Uh, then on the power play, uh, with a little bit more than four minutes left, this Natchez guy, like, I like him. Looking for Stahl. Instead, he'll go to the wing for Natchez. Natchez walks down low, now gets it back to Hamilton. To Sveshnikov in the slot. He shots the bucket, and he scores! Marty Natchez jumps on the loose puck, buries it, and Carolina on the power play goes up. Yeah, it was a that's a rebound goal. That's a Svechnikov, good Svechnikov shot that Vasilevsky fights off. Uh looked like Aho got a piece after the rebound, and uh Natchez uh just pounced on it and ripped it home. Uh Natchez had an opportunity to make it I th- I think it would have made it three two in the fir- in the second period, and uh he just didn't get enough of it, and Vasilevsky was able to come over and make the save. I mean uh, could it was a great save, even regardless that Natchez didn't get all of it, didn't get good wood on it, or whatever the sticks are made out of. Uh, but the uh, he didn't get cheated on on this one. Uh, he just absolutely pummeled it home, uh, and it's three two. And you went, wow, that was a period. Not only was Carolina great, they got rewarded for being great, and you got rewarded for being great against a team I still think is the best in the NHL. Still think Tampa's the best team in the in the league, uh, in spite of what we saw tonight. In spite of what may happen, you know, in the next what twenty eight? How many games are left? Not many. Uh, twenty three games left in the season, right? Uh, I even if Carolina finishes first, I still think that team, the Lightning, to me, are the best team in the league. I don't care what the standings say. So the uh, the second period comes to a close. Third period starts and. There's a uh, there's a, a scene in Finding Nemo. You didn't think you would hear about Finding Nemo today, did you? There's a scene in Finding Nemo. Marlin, the you know the clownfish, right? He's looking for Nemo, and he and Dory they go to I think it's the trench, right? They go through the trench. I think I, I think that's the part of this the movie when they're in the trench. Anyway, uh, Marlin's have it just feels good. He's excited. For, they're gonna find Nemo. And then this, like, killer fish shows up, and Marlon goes, good feeling gone. Well, that's what happened early in the third. Now Foot dumps this one down. It was tipped of the way through. Banged around the boards by Carolina. Chops to the middle of the ice. Maroon gets it in for Joseph. Joseph in. He scores! Matthew Joseph. Now there's the start they were looking for. It is a tie game. Split execution. Yeah. It was a tie game. It is a tie game. It was a tie game. 3-3. That was the first shift of the third period. And you thought, man, this stinks. All that good work. And now, 
We're going to have to fight for the last 20 minutes. Guess what? You're going to have to fight for the last 20 minutes anyway. Uh, Carolina played a really good third period. Uh, I don't think it was as good as the second period, uh, but it was really good. I think statistically, based on shots and things like that, it looks better than the second period, but that's why we have eyes uh, so we can look past the data sometimes and see with our eyes. Uh, Second period was Carolina's best. Third period was good, though. Uh, and uh, I think they were they just kept pouring it on Tampa. Uh, I think if you look at the, um, well, we'll talk about that in a second, um, but Carolina kept forcing Tampa into power play, into penalties, and finally Andrei Svechnikov draws a penalty with a great defensive play, and uh, the Hurricanes go to, I think, their fifth penalty, I think their fifth power play of the game. I've stumbled through this part, haven't I? Uh, their sixth power play of the game and guess who Hamilton walks the blue line back over to Natchez Natchez walks to the dead he scores Marty Natchez his second power play goal of the game and the Canes go up four to three yeah ho-hum uh Martin Natchez figures in all four goals uh that was an absolute ripping wrister uh just blocker side awesome Absolutely awesome. Um, good for uh, good for Natchez, good for the Hurricanes, and you get a big win. Dougie Hamilton gets the primary assist, his 14th straight game with at least a point. Eric Stahl got the secondary. 4,433 uh, paid to see it. The Hurricanes tweeted this out. Uh, every seat that was made available was sold. Every seat that was made available was sold tonight. Uh, good stuff. By the way, if you're looking at the standings, Tampa Bay has played 34 games. They're 24, eight and two. That's 50 points. Carolina has played 33 games. They are 23, seven and three. That's 49 points. Carolina is a point back with a game in hand. They go to Chicago Tuesday. So they get two days off, go to Chicago for games Tuesday and Thursday. Both of those games will be on NBC Sportsnet. Uh, although I think the Thursday game, April fool's game, uh, is not an exclusive national game. I believe the Tuesday game is a national game, and uh, so I don't believe there will be, uh, I guess, Bally's, right? Although, no, the game is on uh, Bally's. I don't even know. We'll have to find out. I'm sure Tripp and Michael tell us about it. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. Man, I went along. I went uh, went too long in the, uh, the first half of the podcast. Uh, but you know what? When you're having fun, you might as well. Uh, the Canes Corner podcast is always there for you after every Hurricanes game. So if you follow it, uh, it shows up automatically wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, give us a review. Uh, and I'm sure if uh, if you like this, you'll give us five stars. And if you don't like it, you won't listen to it. Uh, but then again, what are you doing now? Did you stumble on this by accident? We'll take a short break. Alec Campbell on the other side. Alec Campbell, my man. Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network. Uh, and will be my friend again starting on Monday, noon to three, uh, during the day job. Uh, before we get to this, how was Rockbarn? Oh, uh, Rockbarn was cool. Um, <laughs> actually, I didn't play the uh, I didn't play the Jones course, which is the the champion, the, right. the one they play the Champions Tour event on. Uh, I played the other course that's there, which I've never played any of them before. So it was pretty good. It was the best round of golf I've played in a long time. I shot 84. I had three doubles. I had one birdie. Um, and I actually, like, looked like I'd play golf. 
Beautiful. So <laughs> that's uh, you know there, there were there were some there were some obviously some some bad shots, but um, you know mostly hit it solid. You know, and for the most part, if I hit a solid shot, if it's offline, I don't care as long as the shot's solid. There you go. Um, as long as you compress so, the ball, uh, yeah. it doesn't matter. All right. So, uh, where were you, Alec Campbell, when Martin Natchez became the best player in the NHL? I was in my mo- my mother's basement. That's where I've been <laughs> all night long. That's where I live. That's where I write fan blogs and uh, podcasts uh, because I'm in my mom's basement, and that's not a lie. I am literally in my parents' basement in Hickory doing the doing the show tonight. So that's where I was, and Martin Natchez was awesome once again. Yeah. If not for just the time that he turned into Bonnie Blair or Anton Ono <laughs> or uh, or Dan Jansen down inside the offensive zone, just skating circles literally around everyone. Dan Jansen. But, uh, you went Dan Jansen. Dan Dan, I mean, he <laughs> he was a good good American Olympian. He was great. He was no Eric Hyden, but. Uh... Uh, he was certainly he was certainly great. All right, uh, let me. Um, I think he was at, was he he was a uh, like Ono was short track though. Yeah, right? Ono was and, short track. Yeah, yeah. So I, maybe it was more Ono than Jansen. <laughs> that was definitely was short, short track. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me uh, let me let me ask this question uh, on a well, on what, like a cold you know winter night. Uh, are you a shepherd's pie guy? Oh, yeah, love it. Yeah, love it. How could he not be? Right. It's like stick to your ribs good, and it stays with you. Yeah. That's the way this win made me feel. This win (laughs) was like shepherd's pie. Makes you feel warm inside. Oh, my gosh. Like a good hot toddy. (laughs) Uh, But this is the kind of win, man. It was a hard game. Tampa was physical. Uh, This is is the kind of game that I think proves to yourself – that you're ready for this kind of a test? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this game had everything, right? I think it was their best game of the year. I think it was the most entertaining game we've seen all year long. Um, the the fact that they had to dig themselves out of a hole early, you know, this it looked like it was going to be a stinker. I mean, Brenda Moore said they hadn't had one all year, you know, and probably, you know, there's a chance they will have one at oh, some sure, point. Yeah. But the, the way you know, the way they had, the way they gave up those first couple of goals where they can't clear the puck and, you know, it's just a, a, a point shot and a redirect. And then, you know, uh, Reimer's doing the old, you know, old man at night looking for his glasses <laughs> in the dark and can't find the puck. That's right. You know, the old, the old, the old Scott Darling move <laughs> that he used to, that he perfected. In his time as a hurricane, just, you know, reaching around with his glove, trying to cover it up and couldn't find it. Um, and I was like, all right, maybe, maybe starting Reimer wasn't a great idea. You know, maybe you should have gone back to Ned. So, you know, they go down, but then it turns out they don't actually play that poorly of a first period. Right. And they had a bunch of chances that they couldn't get to go. And then second period, I thought they were just, absolutely the better team you know in the in the second and third periods they allowed only 11 shots on goal from tampa they were physical tonight um they got big goals they were they were they were good on the penalty kill they scored on the power play they had i thought a a pretty good defensive game overall you know minus 
minus the situations where they gave up goals, which I think both were very similar in the sense that they lost board battles and they couldn't get the puck out of the zone. Right. Um, and then you had the, the, you know, the rhymer searching for his glasses. But I mean, other than that, you know, I thought they were pretty sound. I thought Brett Pesci was great tonight. Gosh, yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously Martin Natchez is the star of the game with the four point night and man, that dude's good, man. He's good. And I, I love that. I love that Brindamore just immediately said, screw the lines. Yeah. Like, like two shifts into the game. Um, and, you know, I looked at him at first and I was like, eh, these feel a little weird. Right. But, but whatever, you know, it's Rod. Um, and I, I always will defer to him, yeah. obviously. But um, it was so quick. It was like, it was almost like he didn't he didn't believe in him either to start. A hundred percent. You know, um, it was like, all right, let's just give it a try. See if we can get anything out of it. If it doesn't, you know, maybe he knew all along that he would give it a quick hook if, if nothing came of it early. Well, here's what, so. here's what the line said to me. The line, because if you look at it, I mean, and I, I pointed this out in the preview. I pointed a couple of things out in the preview that actually, um, uh, one that came one was just a trend that I just thought was interesting uh, to note because I just happened to, in doing the research before the game, I kind of noticed it. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but I figured, like, their their offense has not been great. In the first yeah. in their first uh, 16 games, today was the 33rd game. In their yeah. first 16 games, they had 11 games where they scored four or more goals. Yeah. In the, yeah. In the last 16, only six. So the yeah. offense has has been a little bit more difficult to come by. A lot of that, of course, has to do with no Tevo Teravainen and for the last now eight, no Vincent Trocek. So um, you're missing two major parts of your offense. Uh, So I understand why you're not scoring. And I think against Tampa, Rod probably went into the game thinking, I got to spread everything out. We got to have some element on every line, Uh, which is why you saw Svechnikov, Martinuk, and Faust. Uh, and I also think that Svechnikov and Martinuk together have, they had chemistry going back to uh, Svech's rookie year. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they were playing way on wings. They were playing on opposite sides for the most part, but they had some, they had some chemistry uh, their first year together. Uh, but so, but I just thought Rod was trying to spread it out. And then I thought two, you know, two shifts a piece in, he just went, yeah, forget it. This, I don't care. I'm throwing my best three. My, I'm throwing my offensive line out there, uh, and we're going to make them stop it. And those guys were dominant tonight. Aho, Natchez, and Niederreiter were simply awesome tonight. Here's the other thing I pointed out, because you mentioned uh, the power play and the penalty kill. Penalty kill was great, and the penalty kill, mm-hmm. they're, they're on that heater right now. Uh, they've stopped 29 of their last 32, uh, power plays over the last 10 games. Uh, and I noticed something about Tampa who's got a great penalty kill. And up until I think 12 or 13 games ago, they were tops in the NHL. They have now allowed 14 power play goals in the last 49 power plays against, um, with, with the two tonight. Uh, so their penalty kill over the last... 13 games now, 13 or 14 games, 13 games now, uh, is operating at less than 70%. Carolina took advantage of that tonight. Yeah, no doubt. Carolina 
came into tonight eighth in the league in goals per game. And this is a team that once, I think, touched second in the league yeah. in goals per game. And I referenced your stat in the Stormwatch tonight because I didn't feel like doing the research myself. <laughs> so good job by you. I even said your name and gave you full credit and accreditation on that. I, I didn't steal it. It's okay. You're, um, it's, it's, a, it's readily available. I didn't make it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, like, I, I mean – you counted them up, you I know, did. you found it somewhere. You, did you, did the, you did the, you did the math, <laughs> right? Um, I, I respect that. It made it easier for me. So Good. I appreciate it. I'm here to help. Um, so, you know, and you know, I kind of brought this up with you in, in the intermission too, is that like the one thing that I pointed out in the storm watch was that this has all been, this has all been great. that They've been able to, to continue winning games without Trocek and without Terrabine. And, and a lot of that has come, because of Martin Natchez and Nino Niederreiter and Sebastian Ajo. I think the number was, and I can't remember this off the top of my head, but they've had, they've, I mean, before tonight, because they had what, four, five, six, seven points between the three of them. Yeah. Um, I think, but the number I think was, you know, Ajo and Natchez had like 27 points together, 13 goals, 14 assists <laughs> in the, in the month of March. Right. You know, so those dudes have been the production for the Canes. And, you you know, you get the occasional chip in from somebody else, whether that's, you know, a Dougie or like a Cedric Paquette tonight or whatever. But for the most part, they've been the production. And at some point, I think it's fair to nominate another line to chip in. <laughs> yes. And... When, when you look down at the, the forwards that are currently available, I mean, the only realistic one you, you can point to is Svechnikov, Stahl, Fost. Right. So, and like, listen, as long as Nino and Aho and Natchez want to keep doing this, we'll obviously take it. But it ain't going to be this hot for the rest of the season. So... That line needs to get going production-wise because I think Jordan had – I mean, he's got, well, I think, one point in his last six games or yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Stetch, I mean, he's really, you know, hasn't gained the traction that we thought he was gaining when he scored a couple of games uh -huh. ago. I mean, he's, he's only got, you know, two or three points now in his last seven games, I think, including tonight. So they're going to have to get something from – those guys. I mean, it can't, I mean, you can't just be the chip in points from, you know, the, the little guys, the little people, um, along with Natchez and, and, and Nino and those guys. So, like, I, I guess I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm getting to the point where I'm ready for the cool off to happen. And when that happens, who steps up? Right. And you know, if, uh, if that line does cool off, uh, or if they run up against, you know, a, uh, a team that, uh, you know, uses, has a checking line that really is able to limit them. Yes. Uh, then somebody else is going to have to step through. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I don't think I answered the question sufficiently during the intermission, but we ran out of time. Uh, yeah, that, uh, Svechnikov stall Fost, although it was Svechnikov stall and Fogel tonight, uh, when yeah. they reconfigured the lines, um, they haven't done a lot of scoring, but I actually think that that line was really good tonight. Um, mm -hmm. So, because I thought this was this was Fetch's best game in a long time. 
Um, he, I mean, he, get, he ended up with an assist, but I just thought he was good all night. Uh, the defensive play he made to draw the uh, the tripping call, which led to the game-winning goal by Natchez on the power play. Uh, that was just indicative of the night he had. Uh, I really thought he was going to get one of those power play goals uh, in the third period because I just thought he was playing well. Uh, but I, if, uh, if I'm looking for signs... I think tonight is a sign that Svechnikov's game is coming back to him. Uh, Stahl had a bunch of chances tonight that just didn't go. Uh, this was more like Jordan yeah. Stahl from years past, where he puts himself in great positions to get you know to score goals and just can't do it. Uh, th- that to me, that's this is what reminded me uh, of tonight. But I thought Jordan was uh, was very good. Uh, a couple of more. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Sure. Go ahead. Okay, so. The, uh, the one of the questions that I think people are people are asking is, you know, how do we how do we assess how good the Canes really are when they can't play other teams around the league? And, right. you know, Tampa, I think, is still, uh, you know, one of the top three teams in the league. Yeah, I think they're the best I team mean, in the league. But yes. OK, I mean, I mean, I, yeah. So. So I would I would I would agree with you, but without you know without uh, you know going you know just giving everyone else the benefit of the doubt, I guess um, they're a top team in the league, mm-hmm. and the Hurricanes I thought were clearly the better team tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, like I thought they I thought they, I thought they were. This wasn't you know fluky win over good team and good goaltender. It was. The Canes owned the game. Mm-hmm. They they owned you know the possession. They owned the chances. They owned the shots, um, and they deserved to win the game tonight. So I guess is that for you enough of a litmus test to say you know the Hurricanes are legit, you know compared to the the Vegases of the world and the you know Toronto's and stuff like that. Uh, all right. So here's in no particular order. I think there are. Uh, among the Stanley Cup contenders, there are two tiers. I think in the top tier of Stanley Cup contenders, I think you have Tampa. I think you have Washington. I think you have Vegas and Colorado. I think yeah. those are the, to me, those are the four best teams in the league. Uh, I think the next tier has the Hurricanes, the Islanders, Toronto, uh, Florida. I think Florida's below uh, in another tier. I don't think Florida's that good. Not not that Florida couldn't beat the Hurricanes in a series. We've seen you know we've seen all sorts of nuttiness in uh, in Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but I think Florida belongs in a third tier. Um, I am curious as to um, where is Boston going to wake up? Is like, I don't know what to make of teams like uh, uh, Boston or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's better than I thought they'd be. Boston's not as good as I think they are. Um, but I just wonder if switches get flipped when you get to the postseason and then you go, oh, oh there's Boston. That's the Boston yeah. we remember. Uh, Boston's not as good as they have been. Um, I don't know what to, what to make of it. I haven't seen them a ton uh, but Boston just isn't as good so far this year as they have been. But I think the Hurricanes are in the second tier, 
and I think they're at the top of the second tier. I think the Islanders are the perfect regular season team. They just make no mistakes. They make everything hard on you, uh, and they're just piling up points. I don't think they're as good as Washington. I really don't. I don't think they're as good as Washington. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, I think the Capitals are going to uh, uh, be the best team in the East. And uh, I think the Hurricanes are in the division with the best team in the league. And it's going to be, they're going to have to go through them. They're going to have to beat them four times in seven games at some point. Uh, so I think I can't wait. But I think there is, they're the, the, uh, just in the, uh, the tier below. But it leads me to this. And, you know, I've talked about this for a while. When you have a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and I think this team has a chance to win a Stanley Cup, I think you owe it to the room to figure out what you could use to help you get over the hump and go get it. Um, I think, depending on the future of, of Taravana, and you heard me talk to Rod about this in the, in the pregame, um, because Taravana is the ultimate, you don't know, the ultimate question mark. Because, right. I mean, he came back and played a game and hasn't played since. So you almost have to go about the business of thinking, all right, we're not getting Taravonen back. So you're getting Trochik back. But you're probably a forward light uh, in your top nine. You, you don't want to have to rely on Brock McGinn in your top right. nine. Um, uh, you don't want to have to rely on that. So... To me, they need to go out and get a forward. Uh, but more importantly, I think they need support on defense. Um, I thought the last couple of games, I think Fleury's been good. I think he was shaky. Uh, he might have even been on the ice for both goals, I'm not sure, in the first period. Um, so he was certainly on the ice for the second goal because he was uh, meandering behind the net without a stick. Um, of course, everybody thought the that Reimer had the puck. Uh, but I think they need a right shot uh, physical defenseman just to kind of complement things on the back end. Somebody who can play 12 minutes a game, or maybe more, I don't know. Um, and there are, I mean, there, there are going to be guys available uh, in the next uh, week or so, but, and I think Don Waddell, because he even said it in a couple of interviews, he said it to Ovius on yeah. uh, on the OGs, like, yeah, we need, uh, you know, help on defense, he said it to Sivian and the Athletic. They need help on defense. Uh, I don't think there's a chance on this earth they're trading a goaltender. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. Uh, and if it's because of a cap issue, it would have to be Reimer because Ned doesn't make any money, so that's not freeing up any cap space. Um, and I don't. I actually don't think they're going to trade Ned right now because I think he's probably going to be part of their goalie mix next year. Um, yeah. So... Uh, although I'm not, I, I'm still not 100% sold that the organization is high on on Nedeljkovic in spite of what we've seen, but the uh, but I think if they move move anybody out, it's going to be Reimer, um, not Nedeljkovic. The but they, I think they need they need those two elements, and I actually think they could use two NHL caliber defensemen, uh, with the second one being an insurance policy just in case, um, and it would it would be beneficial if both were. Uh, able to play on the right side. Uh, either way, um, I think this team is a is a legit contender. I just don't know that they're at Tampa's level. Yeah, I, I don't know that they're at Tampa's level either. And don't forget that Tampa doesn't have Nikita Kucherov in their lineup no, either. No Kucherov, so. didn't have McDonough tonight, didn't have Chernak tonight. So they were missing two of their top four on defense, 
uh, and Kucherov, who will be back for the playoffs, is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we sort of talked about this, you know, another podcast is that you're in a window right now. So you got to make a move to try to win a cup. Like this is when you make moves, right? So yes. whatever, whatever, you know, they, whatever they figure out. But I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's still pretty crazy that they've been able to do what they've done without Trocek and Niederreiter. <laughs> and, you know, the one thing that I liked about when Paquette came over was that I felt like they finally had four legit lines. Yeah. Four legit, like, NHL lines where they weren't just piecing it together with someone who is essentially, you know, either either not ready yet or is a, um, you know, like in baseball, a 4A player. Mm-hmm. Right, where you've got a, a, a Clark Bishop or a Matt McKegg. McCormick or a Greg McKeg or you know one of these dudes who's you know essentially a call-up player, and they've operated now. And you know, it's not that like Deaky and Lorenz get tons of minutes or anything like that, but um, you know, you have four lines for a reason. Yeah. So you you might as well make them as best you can, and it's probably to the point now where we've we've made our run with these dudes holding down the mm-hmm. fort and it's time to kind of figure out how to get back to a a more legit four line team yeah and even more reason uh or fo- you know even to, def- you know, yeah no but you're right right and but even more re- you can rod has said it i don't know how many times uh, you know, you can you can play for a short period of time minus two of your best players, but at some point it catches up. Yeah, and Trocheck not being there hurts them down the middle because it means that two of their centers right now, and this is not that they're not capable players; they're just not ready uh, to right. be impactful. You know, two of their centers right now are Jordan Martinook and Morgan Geeky. Uh, right, it bumps guys. It bump guy. It bumps guys around into different positions. Yeah. That's part of the trickle down. So yeah, the, the, like the whole, the whole goal, the whole, the whole notion of getting Paquette here was that Martin Oak no longer had to do that anymore. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. He could play the wing where he's more comfortable, where he's, he may, he has a better impact in the game. Uh, you know, it's funny other than the, uh, you know, getting beat by Blake Coleman in the corner and then to the net, on the first goal, I thought Martin Nook was very good tonight, and I thought he I thought he played a pretty solid game. Um, but you know, the, you, you're on that first that shift was just ugh. <laughs> was just there yeah. was just nothing good about it at all. Uh, a couple of things about uh, Natchez that just jumped out at me, other than the fact that he had figured in all four goals. You know, he's second on the team in scoring now, right? Well, I mean that doesn't surprise me. I, I did not know that, just to be clear. Yeah, 28 but, uh, points in 30 it, games. Yeah, I knew he was up there. I mean, I, I think he, what, do he, what does he have um, total? Didn't, Set, he, didn't he have like 31 points or something coming in? Uh, no, he has uh, 28 points in 30 games. He has 17 oh, that, points okay. in his last 13 games. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's just, I mean, he is on a an absolute heater. Uh, another thing that I said at the beginning of this podcast, do you think it's time that Natchez and Ajo... 
uh, go like find a tree somewhere and carve their names or numbers into it in, in like in a heart. Uh, 88 yes. plus 20 and a heart on a tree. I just think that will be so uh, so adorable. But he he played 23 minutes tonight. He played 23-16. He led forwards in shorthanded time on ice. And he's played more yeah. than 20 minutes in four of the last five games. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like he 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 just is a man possessed right now. I don't I don't want to, uh, you know, make this all results oriented, but he looks like a guy who has figured out how to play. Like, mm-hmm. I guess is, is what it is. It's, you know, there's a light, a light bulb has gone off for him where he is. I mean, situationally, you know, knowing when to take chances and when to not take chances and all that kind of stuff. Um, He's been so much fun to watch, man. He is an incredible skater, an incredible puck handler. Puck's going in from him for him. Mm-hmm. But that whole line, that whole line. I mean, how about the pass from Niederreiter through the neutral zone? Yeah, over to Natchez. I mean, and then and then Niederreiter's, you know, stick handling, you know, <laughs> in front of the in front of the goaltender, um, like he's a you know trick shot artist or something like that. I mean, it's like. That both those dudes are doing stuff that, like me, I feel like Nino's game is, it's just a level that I didn't know that he had yeah. necessarily, like skill wise, like tech, technical, technically, like I, I knew he was a big body and he could post up, you know, down in that like bumper spot on a power play and, you know, make that power move to the net and score goals like that. But he's like dishing and, you know, shooting and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, He's been great too. Uh, he, no, he has been. By the way, Natchez also leads the Hurricanes in plus minus. Just in case you were wondering, <laughs> he's he's a plus sixteen. He's plus ten in his last thirteen games. Thir- thirteen games, seven goals, ten assists. Then he's a plus ten. Uh, yeah, I I I agree. Like, this could just be a hot streak, right? He just could be. Could be. Right in terms yeah. of the offense, but right. it's and we've been talking about it all year about him. Like it's the other parts of his game that have arrived. His attention right. to detail on defense is, in many ways, making all of this possible. Uh, and I think yeah. that's what uh, has Rod excited about the future. All right, well, uh, we should probably wrap up. Um, they James Reimer did not lose the game. Reimer did what he needed to do. He made some big saves in the first period to kind of keep him afloat, yeah. uh, and then the team took over after that. The team in front. Uh, is always the most important thing, uh, sir Alec. This was uh, this was fun as always at Alec Campbell Five on Twitter. Go back to your uh, your mom's basement, and uh, we'll. Uh, I'm still in it. I haven't left. I haven't left the basement. Still down here. Well, you should uh, go, no. go up and say hi to the family. I will. I'm uh, gonna have my. Uh, I'm gonna go say hi, and then uh, I'm gonna have my dad drive me over to my my girlfriend's house. <laughs> who is now my wife. Oh, that's a good idea. All right, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could drive up to Inspiration Point. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, all right, 4,433. That's a pandemic sellout for the Hurricanes. Saw it as the Canes beat the Lightning 4-3. to three. 
Uh, all right, just uh, just to recap the standings, Tampa's got 50 points in 34 games. Carolina's 49 points in 33 games. That's right. Game in hand, one point back. Uh, they get that game. I don't know if they get that game back. Tampa might have a game between now and Tuesday. Carolina's next game will be Tuesday in Chicago. Uh, Florida is in third place. Florida won tonight in overtime in Dallas. Uh, they have 46 points in 34 games. Chicago is in fourth place. They've got 37 points in 35 games. Uh, Chicago, Nashville, Columbus, and Dallas. Essentially, Dallas has got a bunch of games in hand uh, because obviously COVID and also the ice storm in Dallas that was so uh, devastating. Uh, but those four teams, one of them is making the playoffs. Nashville has gotten, them, uh, gotten themselves back in it. Uh, and I'm not sure Nashville is going to trade everybody. I thought Nashville was going to move a whole bunch of pieces, uh, but now they're kind of in a playoff uh, race. So we'll see how that alters uh, their thinking. Uh, they got about two weeks to sort it out. They'll either make a push to make the playoffs or they'll dump Mikhail Grandlin and Matthias Ekholm and who knows who else. Uh, but Chicago's in it, Columbus and Dallas as well. Uh, but the Hurricanes right now are in a little bit of a different spot. Uh, they are right up there with Tampa, and it's going to be fun the rest of the way. That's right. So what I said to Alec before, Sebastian Ajo leads the Hurricanes 33 points in 33 games. Martin Natchez is second, 28 points in 30 games, and again, 17 points in his last 13 Dougie Hamilton, who extended his point streak to 14 straight. That's uh, every time he does that, it's a franchise record. 27 points in 33 games. Got 24 assists to lead the Hurricanes. Svechnikov has 25 points. He had an assist tonight. And again, I thought he played uh, played great. I thought I thought Svech was excellent tonight. Um, there were a bunch of guys who played well. Very few p- players didn't play well tonight. Uh, but I thought uh, I thought Spetch was very good. All right, we got to get out of here. It's the Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Gutter helmets. Find gutter helmets that fit your roof. You'll never get on a ladder to clean your gutters again. Amazing stuff. Aluminumcompany.com online. Free, no obligation estimate there. Uh, Until Tuesday night, we've got a special thing for you Tuesday night. Uh, Dave Pinota from the fourth period. We'll talk trade deadline stuff with him after, at the back end of the podcast. Uh, So should be a lot of fun, okay? Uh, A little plug coming up. I am Adam Gold. Thanks for hanging out. Canes win 4-3. See you next time. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.